Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, everyone, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far, and we have an incredible treat for you today. Uh, our guest today, he's been a friend of mine for many years. He's been a mentor to me. I've learned an incredible amount of stuff from him. He is a seven-figure earner. He's been the top distributor at a number of companies. So he's an expert at recruiting people and building up teams. He's been a successful coach. He's coached many people to success. He's a cryptocurrency expert. And in my opinion, he's just one of the best teachers on succeeding online, period. And he's going to going to have a lot of wisdom and value to share with you today. So I recommend take a lot of notes of it today. So let's welcome Brandon Brown. Brandon, how are you doing today? Man, so good. So good. Thank you so much for having me on um, your platform, uh, Victor. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So what I'd like to do is just start uh, start off with your story, because obviously you, you've been having a lot of success for a lot of years, but you also went through a time where you were going through a lot of struggle and adversity and you were able yeah. to overcome it. So why don't we start with that first, Brandon? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, man, I uh, it's, it's ironic. We're talking about this. Uh, I was talking to somebody from my team right now and um, I was looking through an email because I, I needed my high school transcripts for something. And um, in the email, it says you owe $169 to your high school because uh, I never actually got my high school like diploma. Like, mm -hmm. like I graduated high school, but I never actually got the physical diploma because mm -hmm. at the time um, I was looking back at the email, like I couldn't even afford to like pay the fee to go get the diploma. Right. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to leave this thing there and just kind of go from there. So, yeah, man, I, um, I, I basically went through high school, went through middle school as kind of like, I was in something called like special education, right? Where it was just like, for kids who aren't really like deemed to be able to keep up with like the regular class and the regular school. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, you have like another teacher and then they take you and they put you in this other room and things like that. So I, so I basically kind of um, grew up with that kind of as my mindset for like many years um, that I was kind of like less than like average. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I already, I kind of have this mentality of like, well, I'm not going to be able to thrive in the real world because I'm a special education student over here. Who's going to hire me. Who's going to give me a job. Like I'm not going to be smart enough, things of that nature. And so, um, with that kind of mentality, um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. So I always saw my parents like doing things and making money and, 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 and having their own businesses and stuff like that. So I knew right from the get go, I was going to basically go out and essentially be an entrepreneur. So fast forward, I get out of high school. Um, I moved to LA um, and I want to get into the acting scene and things mm -hmm. like this. And my manager, she was actually a network marketer. Mm -hmm. um, and so she was the first person that brought me to a network marketing business mm -hmm. opportunity. And I saw this and I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And so, yeah, that kind of got me into network marketing, things like that. And then after struggling, like we all do and hitting roadblocks and things like that, basically um, I, I got online. Uh, I found a couple of mentors and um, just really 
just learned every, like they just changed my life. Like I just learned so much from them, saw a whole new perspective on like what I could actually be and contribute to society. And then from there, man, I end up um, being able to retire my wife and, and all that kind of good stuff. And then um, the next evolution has kind of been like cryptocurrency where I was like, okay, I, I did a lot of good things over here. And then I got into cryptocurrency investing and yeah, like the rest is kind of history from there. That's very awesome. So I don't know, listening to the early part of your story kind of reminds me of some of the stuff I read about with Les Brown, because he went through similar challenges too. And you saw where Les Brown wound up. He's been this incredible success for many decades right now. So it just shows you, 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 someone else's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. You could definitely change anything. And I definitely think, um, you know, your story shows that uh, you can overcome any kind of challenge as well. So you've been in this for what, about 10, 11 years right now? You've been doing this for a while. Yeah, struggled yeah. for a lot of those years. Like didn't wow. make money for a lot of those years. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, I just stuck with it and just, just kind of kept going. Right, so yeah, so if you're struggling right now, Brandon struggled for a whole bunch of years, but he never gave up. He found a way out and it was not easy. He went through a lot of adversity, a lot of struggles. People were doubting him, people were questioning him, but he never gave up on himself. And because he didn't give up on himself, now Brandon's had this incredible amount of success. He's making a ton of money. And and, and he, he's not just an extra one thing. You're an expert in a whole bunch of different fields, crypto, <laughs> network marketing, coaching, funnels. I, and I think one thing I like about it is like, when you go, when one thing you, whenever you try something new, you are just so focused on it. You just master it. And I think a lot of people, They'll f do four or five things at once and they get overwhelmed. So how are you, how are you able to keep focused while so many people just like are all over the place? Yeah. So one of the big, the big secrets that I learned from um, uh, one of our mentors, actually, Mark Overson, rest in mm -hmm. peace, um, was this concept of the customer avatar. And when I realized that it's not about having multiple businesses, it's about having one avatar that you can have multiple products with. And when I realized that the customer lifetime value of a single avatar um, can basically increase your income, then I started focusing on who could I serve and then, and then really started thinking about the different ways in which I could serve them, which then end up becoming income streams. And so it appears like I have like all these different things going on, but really it's all in the same like line of work it's all in the same profession serving one person it's just being able to think about things in different ways and then having a really good team to help me execute on these things so i'm not necessarily hands-on but i can be the visionary and kind of like the person who you know basically oversees everything yeah that, that, that's golden stuff they're just having the customer avatar how you can serve them and they can get, purchase several things from you because you're serving over the course of your lifetime whereas a lot of people just focus on one thing and and they don't think about the lifetime value of the customer and we, you know one customer can give you thousands tens of thousands of dollars if you serve them properly so yes. that's something critical i think for artists to uh, realize it you got to focus on the lifetime value of your customer find out who your customer average are is and just figure out how you can serve them mm -hmm. yeah yeah so uh yeah, yeah so yeah so yeah, so what is, what do you recommend to people right now who are, you know, because obviously there are a lot of people out there in different fields, some in crypto, some in network marketing, 
it's affiliate marketing and they're there struggling. Some people are like right on the verge of giving up and they just say, I see no way out of this. I've been doing this for four years, Brandon. Why should I not give up? What, what do I need to do differently? What am I doing wrong? What, would you, what advice would you give to these people? Yeah, so I think that we are going through a pivotal moment in history where the, oh man, it's, it's, it's hard for me to even say this, but like a lot. The, the American dream and the, the perception of successful um, person is starting to reveal itself as it's not necessarily what we were taught, right? Like, mm -hmm. hey, get a job, work your way up the system, mm -hmm. retire when you're 60, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, mm -hmm. now you get to live your life. Mm -hmm. what, we're, what we're finding out now is that, um, you know, there's actually another way to go. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. actually becoming, it's actually the roles are reversing where, where before working a nine to five and having that corporate type of job used to be job security. Now we're finding mm -hmm. out that there's no job security. Mm -hmm. Like entrepreneurs already knew that. But now like the world and the public is, is realizing, okay, there's no job security. So if you are going through a struggle in your business, you have to understand that the struggle is part of your journey. The struggle, the, the real value of you as an entrepreneur is the struggle right? Because your ability to overcome the struggle is what people pay for. They don't, they don't pay for you to have already arrived and for you to never have gone through anything. And in fact, I have a rule in my business now, I don't do business partnerships or really align myself with people who haven't struggled. Because what ends up happening is when you get into a struggle, then basically you, you run into to situations that can't be remedied because people aren't used to the actual struggle. And so, um, that's kind of one one perspective that I would um, give people. And another thing is, I actually I'm, I'm looking at a quote I put on my Facebook page the other day. It says, pain is only weakness leaving your body, mind and spirit. So what happens is we get into a lot of pain as an entrepreneur because there's an there's a, a, a friction that's happening through growth. There's a there's an unsettling, uh, you know, emotion that we go through during the growth stage. And so a lot of times when people are, 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 are growing, they're thinking it as, they're taking it as that they're not worthy. They're taking it as that they're not good enough. They're taking it as that it's not meant for them, but that's the growing pains, right? That is, that, that is the growing pains trying to leave their, their mind, body and spirit so that they can become the person who can be in alignment with the things that they want. And so I think we have to, we have to restructure our mentality because Again, in this traditional branded system, American dream that we were sold, if you get a bad grade in high school, you're not worthy. You're, you don't get to walk on stage. You don't get the little pizzas. Um, you know, I mean, you don't get honor roll. You don't get all these made up, non-irrelevant, you know, things that don't matter in real life. You, you don't get an opportunity to grow. So if you get a, a D on your math class, that settles in and says, okay, well, I'm not worthy. Right. I'm not I'm not I'm not worthy. So now as an adult, if you fail in entrepreneurship, you're like, I'm not worthy. Or if you got straight A's and I'm not taking shots, but I'm just keeping it real. If you got straight A's, you never went through any adversity. You were always being praised for your grace. Now you get into entrepreneurship where 
things are a little less structured. Things are a little like you have to fail to get forward. I, I, I realize a lot of people don't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to deal with adversity. They don't know how to deal with the struggle. And so embrace the struggle, right? Embrace the struggle, embrace the setbacks. Um, and at, like the Grover says, there's always a seed of um, greater benefit in every adversity. You just have to find the seed. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would tell somebody is just keep going. You know, the biggest thing I did is I was able to out, like I was able to outlast the struggle. Like the struggle can only stay for so long, right? You will outgrow the struggle. You just don't know that because you can't see the growth, but, but there's something invisible going on internally with you that is actually growing you out of the struggle. And then eventually the struggle is gone. And then at every level, there's different struggles, but yeah, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I think about um, entrepreneurship. Wow. That's really amazing. There's a lot of good stuff that I hope you people are taking notes there with what Brandon just shared, because struggle really helps you grow, overcoming adversity, go through the growing pains because sometimes you can't see it, but yeah, inside you're growing and you're building up those deep roots and those foundations. And, and I've seen Brandon over the years. He is one of the most hardest working people I've ever seen in my life. If you ever purchased one of his courses, you could tell he puts a lot of time and effort into the into the modules in those courses. He gives you a lot of value and you can tell this guy spent a lot of hours putting together these courses. So I know when you say how hard you work, I've, I've seen it from the stuff you put out. You, you are one of the hardest working people I have ever seen in my life. So yeah, you just have to be working hard, putting in the time and the effort and realize the struggle is temporary, but if you don't give up, you build up those foundations and great things can happen for you. It reminds me of that story about the caterpillar. This caterpillar is trying to break out and this guy felt sorry for the caterpillar. So he loosened him so that he can get out of the cocoon. But what happened to the caterpillar was he became weak and his, his wings were limp and the caterpillar was never able to fly. The purpose of the cocoon, when he struggled to get out, when he was able to get out, it strengthened and he was able to become stronger and able to fly. So this man thought he was doing him a favor but he actually was doing him in the service. And that's like, like I said, the A students, they, they never know how to deal with struggle or, or rejection or parents who always spoil their kids. But if, if, if you have everything given to you, you really don't know how to handle adversity. So if you've overcome struggle, you know what, like, as you mentioned, you can teach people, you can help people out because they said, this person can do it, I can do it. And as you know, a lot of C and D students are very successful making millions and billions of dollars. And, and there are A students who are like struggling right now. And I think part of it's because people don't realize there's many different types of education. I think there are seven types and many of those C students have other types of knowledge which they're able to utilize when they're starting up their own business. So yeah, people have to be able to relate to you. If, if, if you've overcome these struggles, then they say, wow, if this person can do it, then I can do it. If you can just say, well, I started my business, I made a million dollars in my first week, no one can relate to you because they say, how can I do that? So right. you, they have to be able to relate to you. So I think you shared a lot of golden wisdom there and realize these things sometimes take time. It's like the story of the bamboo tree. For five years, there's no growth, but someone's watering and nurturing it under the ground. And then the fifth year grows 90 feet. Did it grow 90 feet in a, certain, in, in a few weeks? No, it took five years, but there was a lot of uh, nurturing and taking care of that bamboo tree. So I, a lot of great stuff there, Brandon. Yeah, and I think too that the, 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 the issue with our industry is that you're only seeing the result, right? Mm -hmm. So if you only see the result, you don't actually know like what the person went through 
to get to the results, right? Because people don't really share that online. They're not really transparent. You just see them, okay, now they got the Lambo. Now they're financially free. Now they got the car. Now they, they're doing the mission trips. Now they're doing whatever. But you didn't see the evolution of that person's journey. And so one of the big things that, that I did and that I really, when I coach people and, 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 and help them kind of like elevate themselves, you know, part of, part of being an entrepreneur is you have to become emotionally intelligent, right? You have to understand, as, as our mentor would say, you have to understand your common quitting points. Mm-hmm. And you have, to, you have to become very self-reflective of who you are as an individual mm-hmm. to understand, like, what's your temperament? You know, um, Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's right-hand person, business partner, mm-hmm. he came up with these things called cognitive biases. And what they started realizing was that to further their business, to grow their business, they had to start looking more at the cognitive biases than at the actual skill sets of the people. Because people can have skill sets in one area, but if their emotional intelligence and their cognitive biases are, 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 are off, then what happens is they can't apply the skills that they learn. And so basically when you're becoming an entrepreneur and you're going through all these different things, you have to really become emotionally intelligent um, about how you move and how you do things. And the biggest reason why people quit is because they don't have their emotions intact, right? They don't have their expectations intact. They haven't really thought about they, they, they haven't got a realistic picture of the journey because all they see is people flashing results, which I get it, you know, I do that too, but you have to be smart enough to maneuver and understand the deeper understanding of why that person got there and things like that. So one of the things that really changed my life was when I was struggling, um, and when you're struggling, a lot of times you don't have the vision for who you need to become. Because you only see your current situation, you're like, man, how am I supposed to get from here to here? Like, I used to sleep in my car. How am I going to sleep, sleep in my car to be in a successful entrepreneur? Like, how is that even possible? So one of the biggest things that I did was I had to change my self-image, right? Before I became that thing, I had to become that thing. So what I started doing was I started reading stories about other people's journeys And as I read the stories of great people, I looked at the attributes in which they were going through at the time in their struggle and the the ways that they were handling things and the path that the past that they were going through. And I started to adopt their mentality in my in my current situation. Right. And so what that did was it gave me a self image that I could project into myself until I actually became that thing. Because the issue that people have when they're struggling is, well, if you're broke and you're sleeping in your car and you don't have a lot of money and you're behind on the bills and things like that, how do you see yourself as a millionaire if you can't actually see yourself as a millionaire? Well, the best way to do it is to go read up on biographies about millionaires and look at how they navigated story or different things in their life and then adopt those principles to your life in the current and then eventually you start to rise up to you want eventually you think you grow rich you actually become that and so that's a big secret that i never told anybody that i would do consciously like whenever i would get down on myself or feel like i'm not my back's against the wall or things like that i would always go i would have like a few authors and books and people that i would follow and i would say okay they started off at zero and in this situation this is how they would handle it or when they were in that situation this is how they viewed themselves 
Or this is how millionaires view themselves. This is how financially people, financially free people view themselves. So I continuously change my vision and yeah, man, it just helped me so much. Um, that's really awesome. Lots of good stuff there. Yeah. As Sonny Robbins says, success leaves clues. So like you said, read the stories of these millionaires, what they went through in their lives, their struggles, their adversities. What did they do? What actually did they have? What did they do to change their lives to become successful? And you just apply what they did to your life and eventually things change you. you yeah, like you say, you have to have a vision. Like if you're, if you're sleeping out of your car, it's like, how can you see yourself? You have to change the way you see life, how you view life. And, and eventually it'll become your reality. And, you know, our common mentor, Mark Hovis, has said, I saw myself and acted like a millionaire long before I became a millionaire. And that's basically what you're telling people to do. You have to see yourself in your mind. You have to see in your imagination, your visualization before it can become reality. If you don't see in your mind, it's not going to happen. So you got to do those kind of things. And as you were saying before, a lot of people see the results. They don't see the struggle before. And because and I guess part of it is because it's not attractive to say, oh, I'm struggling now. I'm never going to be successful. You People will talk about it after they've had the success. And then it's people willing to share the stories. And, but we also seem to live in an age of instant gratification. We want results yesterday. We want to build that foundation. And maybe because of the technology age we have, everything's happening immediately. Whereas I think 100 years ago, we were a farming society you know, the farmer planted, he cultivated, and then he harvested six months later. It seems like everybody wants to plant and then harvest the next day, but it's not going to happen that way. So what do you think is the best way for people to be able to take that long-term vision to realize as long as I'm consistent building this foundation, doing the proper things, I'll have success and not give up so quickly? Yeah, so I think it's an inside job. You know, it really is an inside job. No course, no Tony Robbins, uh, you know, walking on calls and, and all that stuff and all these books and all these webinars, like no amount of that is going to change you. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to decide you want to change and then those things can facilitate the change. But the act of actually walking on calls and, and reading all these books and doing all this stuff, that doesn't actually change you, right? You have to change how you perceive the world. So once I change how I perceive the world, once I change how I perceive myself, then that's when I was able to apply these different things and to really understand how to become successful. So I'll give you a formula that I learned, um, you know, many years ago that to this day, I've been sticking to this, okay? So the, the, the reason why you have to find those characters in those books and their attributes is because, and, I, and this might be a little bit deep, but I'm, I'm just gonna try to go mm -hmm. there. So I believe that your change is gonna come from a revelation that's outside of your current paradigm. Mm -hmm. So let me say that again. Your change is gonna come from a revelation that's outside of your current paradigm. So if your current paradigm is I'm broke, I don't have a lot of money, I'm behind on the bills, I, don't, I can't get leads, I'm not smart enough, I can't da da da. You're only gonna produce more of that paradigm, right? So now the change actually comes outside of that, right? Now, the question becomes, and this is where a lot of people get stuck is, how do I take an idea outside of my current paradigm and then move it into my existing paradigm that has limiting beliefs, right? And so the way you do this 
is you have to is you have to you have to change the series of questions in which you're asking mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is like such a small thing, but it's huge, right? So now instead of me being a victim to circumstance and feeling like I'm affected by circumstance, now I can change the questioning that I'm asking myself. Now I'm not asking myself, why am I broke? Why am I behind on credit card bills? Why is my business not working? Why is da da da? I'm not asking those questions anymore. This is what I'm asking. I'm asking, what is trying to unfold in my life right now? What is trying to put a demand on my potential, right? And what questions are trying to be brought to me to see the path that I need to go on? Now, behind every question, there's an answer, okay? So now I need to figure out what answers do I need to solve for so that I can change my situation? I don't want to question my situation. I need to know what answers am I going to solve for, right? And then behind every answer, there's going to be a solution, right? There's going to be a way of being, okay? So now it's like, who do I need to become? Because the only way out of struggle is to become a person who doesn't struggle. There's no other way out. You literally have to become the person that doesn't struggle. So now it's like, okay, so who do I need to become in order to... Um, get out of that struggle and then and then lastly i need to figure out okay so now i know i need to become this person how do i be this person right so the process of becoming and the process of being i think are two different things like i can i'm becoming a bodybuilder but then i can be a bodybuilder so once you become that bodybuilder now it's like well how do i maintain and be the bodybuilder right and so i think you have to change the line of questionings that you ask yourself that invites that new shift into your paradigm. It wrestles with the old paradigm. And as you continue to go down the path and place a demand on your potential, then it starts to wipe out that old paradigm. And now you are who you say you are. Wow, so. that is really powerful. And wow. I think that's something our audience really pay attention to what Brandon just said. The questions you ask yourself are really important. Too often we're asking ourselves the wrong questions. We're asking negative disempowering questions, which are gonna keep us in the state we don't wanna be in. So if you want to change your situation, your outlook, your life, you gotta change the question. So you heard some of the questions Brandon shared and those are, those are questions that are gonna empower you. Those are questions that are gonna change your life. And those are questions that have a solution. Your subconscious mind is gonna go look for the answers to those things that you're looking for. But they gotta be things that you want. Ask questions about the kind of life that you want. Make sure they're going to empower you, not disempower you. You make that shift, you do that daily, it's going to change your life. So the questions you ask are really important. And sometimes I'm just thinking of that Jim Rohn quote, don't wish things were easier, wish you were better. And I think if you ask different questions, eventually your life will get better because your subconscious mind is so powerful, but you got to feed it the right question for it to search for the answers that you truly want. So I think that's very important. And also want to ask you, what do you think about the self-talk that we give to each other? Because I think a lot of us are giving us negative self-talk. A lot of times we're not even aware of it. Sometimes it's very subconscious. They say we think 50,000 thoughts throughout the day and the vast majority for most people is negative. And um, have you had issues with self-talk in the past and how is it compared to how it is for you now? Yeah. So self-talk is a very, it's a silent killer, right? It's, it'll, it'll, it'll just put you in a state of perpetual struggle. And so um, another one of my mentors, Mr. Jonathan Budd, mm -hmm. um, he actually trained me on self-taught years ago. 
And so I can give you guys my perspective on that. So I believe the vast majority of the things that are showing up in your life are coming from your subconscious mind, just like Victor just said. But if you've never studied the subconscious mind, you don't understand how to control it. You don't understand how to, how to, how to make it work in your favor, right? Cause it's not taught in school. It's not, most people don't even know that that even exists, right? So what happens is you've been programmed a certain way to, to operate, right? Mm -hmm. Your subconscious mind is like a, it's like an operating system. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is the only way to change your subconscious mind is through repetition. Right. There's no other way to do it. Like you can't like think about it. You can't you literally have to practice. You, it's through repetition. Right. So one of the things I learned early on is I have to separate. My true identity from myself. Right. So when we're talking about the idea of self-talk, who are we really talking to? Right. So let me give you an example. When I started getting into like situations and things weren't working and struggling, things like this, I, I would have that negative self-talk. And I would be like, I'm not good enough or I'm not, you know, why would anybody buy for me or this and that and the third. Then I had to do two things. I had to first ask myself, who is I? Right. Who is I? Right. And I realized that I am not I. I is the self is 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 the subconscious. Mm -hmm. Brandon is a is in control of the subconscious. So I'm actually talking to the subconscious, reaffirming more of what I don't want, which is why mm -hmm. I can't get out of my struggle. So I had to separate the two, and this is really powerful. You <laughs> really good. I'm telling you, you have to understand it's two entities. So I had to go on a journey of saying, okay, well, who am who who is Brandon and who is I? Okay, that was the first thing. Now, once I separated the two, I had to train myself when I get into um, predicaments in business. I had to do this concept called, I had to stock myself. Meaning that I had to separate I from the event. I had to separate emotions from the event. So let's say if I, um, if I is behind on the bills. Okay. Or I just went through something in that moment, instead of going directly emotional and affirming more of the things that I don't want, what I would have to do is I'd have to say, I'd have to stop. And then I have to separate. Okay. I am Brandon. Right. And then that separation would allow me to say, okay, this is who I truly am. This is my subconscious and what I'm going through. So what do I have at my, you know, availability to reaffirm who I truly am in this moment and understand that this situation that I'm going through is not really me. It is the subconscious that I have built based on the patterns that I've gone through in my life that I need to overcome in the moment. So I started having a set of like um, things that I can think about or go to so that my brain wouldn't affirm those negativity things. And then eventually it became a, a habit where if something would happen, then I would go to my, my real true nature and affirm that versus affirming the actual situation at hand, which allowed me to get over it and allow me to then further the becoming process. I know that sounds kind of deep, but that's, that's the work you got to do. Yeah. And it's definitely worth it because our subconscious mind controls over 90% of the things that we do. And unfortunately for the vast majority of it, it's most of the stuff there is very negative. So you want to change it. 
try to put in the, the work brands recommend you do it because it, it may, it's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while, but if you practice it and consistent with it, things are going to start changing with your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is so powerful. And if you program the powerful, positive messages into and change how your subconscious mind sees who Brandon is or Victor is or you are, things are going to start changing for you. But you just got to feed differently into it. And like you said, there's always going to be negative things coming to you or you're going to be in a negative situation. So you're going to be able to just put a halt to it and view the way you really are. And that just takes time and effort and practice. So I think that's very powerful. And I, I recommend everyone, if you're struggling with your views about yourself, your self-talk, implement what Brand just told you to do because it can make a huge change in your life and in your career. Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, yeah. And another thing you talk about is like, you just get your emotions out of it because I think too too often when people are involved in their business, network marketing, affiliate marketing, crypto, whatever, they let their emotions get the best of them and they just start freaking out. If they're they're struggling in network marketing, they give up or if they're talking to a prospect and they they feel like I got to close them and they'll say something that's going to chase them away or they're trying to close a deal. And, and they're just so wrapped up in the, mo- in the moment. And because of that, they're about to close the person, but then they lose them because their emotions get the best of them. And, you know, or in cryptocurrency, they're like, they're, they're, you know, it, it's going off for a while and they have a couple bad days and it's like, oh, I'm getting out of it. So how do you, what do you recommend to people to manage their emotions to not, not be so concerned about the outcome, just be able to relax and say, hey, when you're talking to a project, don't, don't be so, uh, don't be what's how do I say that don't be so focused on the outcome how, how what do you recommend to people to be able not to be so focused on the outcome when they're doing these things yeah so again I think it's internal right so it starts with understanding like I think everything like the bible says and all you're getting get understanding I think everything comes from understanding so how you perceive abundance is going to dictate how you respond to lack, right? So if I perceive that like there's a shortage, I'm going to act in a way that I believe that there's a limitation, right? So the minute you remove lack from the equation and you understand that there's only abundance, right? And there's only, um, provision that has been allocated to the energy in which you are willing to exert towards a certain situation, um, then you don't have to worry about anything, right? So if the client's not for you, then it's not, that's not your client, right? If, if the deal's not for you, that's not your deal. Mm -hmm. You, you see the issue that people run into is a lot of times is they want things that's not for them. And it's hard to let that go. Um, another mentor of mine, Evan Pagan, talks about the monkey mind. And this is what I see. I actually just ran into a situation like this not too long ago. So what's the monkey mind? So there was a study done by um, some people where they took, this, they took this little nut and they cut a hole into the tree and they put this nut inside the tree and they made the hole big enough so that the monkey could put its hand inside of the actual um, tree, but it couldn't pull its hand out of the tree with the nut inside of it, right? 
So what they did was they did a test and they sent all these monkeys in there and they kept trying to, they put their hand in there, get stuck, put their hand there, get stuck, put their hand there, get stuck. But they could take a little piece out with their fingers, but they couldn't take the whole thing. So what they realized was that these monkeys were willing to die because they couldn't get the whole nut. They're willing to die. They wouldn't let their arm go and something come attack them. They're, they're done. And so what does that have to do with entrepreneurship? It's the same thing. If you think every deal you're supposed to get is going to close again, you don't understand, right? If you think that if you would give up, you know, your life or the, you know, whatever for, because you want the whole nut, you're not going to get the whole nut anyway. And so I realized is that, or what I come to realize is that, and what he used to always say, be okay with getting the short end of the stick, be okay with everybody not being your prospect. And then if they don't close, the better question you should be asking yourself is how do I get better? How do I attract better people who are ready to close? How do I attract ease, speed, pleasure? That has to become the mantra and that has to become the, the parameters in which you do business. Like I only do business with speed, ease and pleasure right now. I don't really do any type of friction. I, I don't do it, right? But that's my standard. And so I think that we have to move out of this kind of like place of desperation to a place of like, okay, um, I operate under these parameters. If you're not on board with that, I'm okay with that. No harm, no foul. And you, and, and you keep it moving. But that's hard to do if you're like, man, I got the light bill coming up or I got this coming up or I got that coming up. But again, it's, it's that monkey mind. It's You might not even get it anyway. So instead of exerting energy on that, why not go improve yourself? That way you can attract more. Uh, that is some amazing stuff. Yeah, I think that a lot of us do have some of that monkey mind. We, we want to grab the whole nut, but we should just be satisfied with a little bit of the peace and, you know, not lose our whole life over it and realize not everyone's meant to work with us. And right, there's some people you don't want to work with because they're not worth the headaches they're going to bring you. And, and you talk a lot about this. You talk about having your own standards just for your peace of mind to say, I deserve these, these kind of clients. I deserve to charge this much money because I'm an extremely valuable person. And this is what I am. You, either you want it or you don't want it. And if they don't want it, well, you wish them well. And yeah. you got and you have a much happier life. Like you said, speed, ease, and pleasure. So that's why don't be so focused on the outcome. Focus on number one. How can I attract better clients? How can I become a better person? How can I be stronger? How can I attract this better life? And again, asking those different questions, empowering yourself because it, again, focus on the questions that you have because your subconscious mind will go to work for you. And if you're able to do that, and you're going to attract the better kind of better kind of client and you'll be much happier in the long run because you look at brand he has a big smile on his face mm -hmm. oh we're not tripping about nothing and, that, <laughs> and that's the thing you get to a place where it's like because at you as you elevate the the, the inner the circle around you needs to elevate too right if they don't then it becomes an issue, right? It becomes a, an imbalance. As Napoleon Hill talks about in the mastermind community, if, if the entire collective is not in unity, it actually slows down the growth of, of the collective, right? And so for me, I'm very sensitive to energy and I'm very sensitive to surroundings and environments and, and, and things like this because that's affecting my subconscious. That's affecting my 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 ways of being and you know a lot of times things in business is business is not personal right and yeah mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, you got to get that negativity away because the one negative person can drag down the whole team. You see that in sports, they'll tr they'll trade a guy who's an incredible athlete. Mm -hmm. They train him for two lesser players, but because they're positive, the team plays better with the new guys, even though they're not as talented as the star they got rid of, who's very negative. So it would affect the whole team. And I think about what you're talking about the mastermind. I, I remember reading years ago, uh, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansel were at a meeting of the New York Chiropractic Society and they, Tony Robbins was also speaking there. So uh, during the break, they asked him, you make $50 million a year and we make one or $2 million a year, but you're not that much smarter. Why is that? And they said, he asked them, so what kind of people do you have in your mastermind? Well, each person averages about one or $2 million a year. He said, that's, that's the problem. I'm in a mastermind where every, there are people making $100 million a year, and those guys are stretching me. They're making me expand my vision, and that's why I'm able to do so much greater things because right. those are the kind of people I surround myself with, and it, it made all the difference. And that's huge. And I'm actually going through that right now, too. It's like, like I'm, I'm looking at new ventures that I want to open up and new businesses, mm -hmm. and for the first time, I'm actually starting at the caliber of person that I want in my immediate inner circle now this isn't to discount the lower caliber like like jack canfield it is not saying that their clients are bad and they're not worth anything and they're not because they're only making a million no it's just if they wanted to elevate to the next level they have to be consciously aware of the energy the messaging who they work with what they're putting out and if you don't again you start running into situations because again they're like how do i get the 50 mil from one mil and it's like, well, again, that level of vibration that you're in is not going to, you can't vibrate, you can't vibrate there and be at 50 mil. And so it's, it is definitely, um, that's definitely true. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. So absolutely. So one uh, thing I want to ask you about, and this is one of the things you teach about is you talk a lot about personal value level, which is extremely important for being successful. So you might share that with our audience. So um, it might they have a get, get a better idea of how they can you know, use their personal value level to become more successful? Yeah, so, you know, growing up in the special education and, and all these kind of things, didn't go to college, did, 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 didn't do all that stuff. The way that I had to survive was I had to create value, right? Like, I, I didn't go into the system to work like a corporate job and do all this stuff. And then I actually I did a couple of times, but it just didn't work out. But like what I started realizing was, okay, how does this world really work? How does transactions really work? What are people really paying for? Right. And a lot of times, majority of the times we're, we're paying for value. Right. So then the question became for me is how do I create value? Once I understood that money was being traded for value, not for certifications, not for certificates, not for blogs, not for Instagram followers, not for, you know, mm -hmm. the book, not for any of that. Money is being traded for value. Now, if you have those things and you have value, then, okay, you can have a leg up. But most people, they focus much on that and not their, their personal value level. So I started asking myself questions like, what is value? Right now, here's the crazy part. Most people do this wrong because they say, well, they, they don't look at value from the perspective of the, of, the, of the customer. They look at value from what they have done and they say, well, I've been in college for four years, so I'm valuable. I have this certification, so I'm valuable. I have a million Instagram followers, I'm valuable, right? They, 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 they articulate and calculate value from their perspective.
But one of the biggest things that helped me in my business was something called perspectiving, which is the ability to put my value proposition on, you know, on hold based on my, you know, um, assets and start looking, okay, what does the customer perceive as value? What does the customer need to hear to, to, to make it valuable? What do they need to experience? What do they need to, um, you know, uh, you know, what's the packaging need to look like? What does the tonality need to sound like? There's so many different ways in which we calculate value that we are not aware of. And once I realized that value is an experience, meaning that you can't give somebody value. It is a, an NLP, they say value is a, um, is basically where it's not a tangible thing, right? It's something that it's, it's, it's like a concept that has to be frozen and then basically given to somebody. So like, if I'm like, Victor, show me value right now. You can't really show me value in and of itself. Mm -hmm. You can only take a concept, freeze it into value, and then let me go through the valuing process, which is the experience, which I have from purchasing your thing. And so a lot of my products and a lot of the, the, the lives and the things that I do, I focus more on the valuing process. Well, I get a lot of messages, people like, oh, I love your lives. They're so entertaining, so much information. I'm not the smartest guy in crypto. I'm not the smartest guy in the internet marketing. But when it comes to the valuing process, I understand how the, the prospect is going to view it. And I'm able to do certain things that increase its perceived value. And so when it comes to creating your personal value level, it's less about technical knowledge and it's less about, um, you know, I, I took all these courses, got all these certifications, did all this, did all that. It's less about that and more about how does the human experience um, work and how can I integrate those things that the human wants into, the, into what I'm doing to make them feel that, that gratification that they're ultimately looking for. And so, yeah, that's, that's basically how you do it. Uh, that was amazing. So, so I hope you guys got what he was trying to explain to us. It's an experience. It's, and you got to focus on what they deem about. No one cares about your certifications. No one cares if you have a million Instagram followers or a hundred thousand Facebook followers. So, you know, if you only have three Facebook followers, that should give you hope because you can be if you if you work on your value level and serving the customer, focus on their needs and desires. Focus on what kind of value can you give to the customer. That's what it is. Too many people focus on. Oh, look at me, look what I can do. But you're, they're not focusing, you're focusing on your audience, your prospects, your customers. And that's why people get a lot of value out of your lives because you're focusing on them, on the value you can provide to them. If you, if you, if you, sit, if you do that little shift in your mind, in your mindset, in your, in your thinking, that's gonna change your business. So pay close attention to what Brandon just said because that's why he gets so much interaction. That's why so many people wanna buy for him because he's focusing on their needs and desires. He's not focusing on himself. That little tweak can change your whole business. And, 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 and I'll add one other thing to that. Like, so when we talk about personal value level and there's like, there's so much you can talk about here, but so when you think about personal value, you wanna think about like one differentiation and you wanna think about um, you know, primal motivation. Right. These are these mm -hmm. are really the, the, the things that I think about when I'm creating anything like a lot of times the content doesn't need to be as deep. If it hits the right primal motivations and it has the right differentiation, 
So while every, so the way I'm able to produce so quickly is because, and, and get people excited about it and happy about it is that I understand what they're trying to solve for, right? So one of the major questions I ask myself in creating personal value is, okay, what is a priceless answer to a person's most pressing question? That's always my starting point, right? What is a priceless answer to a human's most pressing questions? So I start with the pressing question. And then what I do is I say, okay, once I understand the question, the pressing question that they're trying to look for a priceless answer to, priceless answer meaning that they'd be willing to pay anything to solve this problem, right? Then what I do is I say, okay, they have this pressing question. Then I want to then pull apart that, that, that pressing question from all different angles, from emotional side, from the spiritual side, from the financial side, from the, you know, the family side, the relate. I want to look at how is this pressing question affecting all of these areas? And then what I want to do is I want to say, okay, I fully understand what you're going through. I fully understand the cost of you staying where you are. And then I go find the solution, right? And typically, I hate to say this, but a lot of us are lazy. Like, I'm not going to outer space to find the solution. I'm not getting into a little portal and going to a different dimension, right? Everything is already laid out. It's just, I'm willing to go and, 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 and search for it and then bring it back to the marketplace. And, but then when I present it as a priceless answer, I'm presenting it from primal human levels so that the human is saying, wow, this is exactly what I'm trying to solve for. And a lot of times um, they don't know what they're trying to solve for. They don't know the emotional side. They don't know the impacts of all these things. And so um, what I started doing was I said, okay, when I think about my priceless answer, I wanna create something that's almost identical to the way that they think that they should buy it. And this is where a lot of people go get in trouble with making money online. You're selling a product from the way that you think that they should buy it. You can't do that. You have to take that irrational idea that they have in their head and you have to make a solution that provides value look almost identical to the irrational thought that they have in their head. And when you do that, they see it and they're like, Oh my God, that's exactly what I'm looking for. But then as Mary Poppins once said, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. So you put the sugar on top and then they drink the medicine. So yeah, that's, that's basically how you do it. Uh, that, that is just truly amazing. And, and I hope you, you guys are getting what Brandon's trying to teach us here. He's trying to focus on what they want, how they see it, not how you think they should see it, but how they see it, the answer that they want the cost of staying where they are and how you can provide that priceless answer for it. If you could provide that for them from their point of view. So when they, when you show it to them, they say, this is exactly what I need. Thank you so much. That's when you can close the deal and you got to make them aware of the cost. Like you said, many of them are not aware of it. They have an issue. A lot of it's subconscious or they don't want it. A lot of times you have a problem. You don't want to admit it to yourself. So you got to make them aware of it. A lot of times they do, but a lot of people don't like to admit, they don't like to admit publicly they're having these things. So Brandon is, is an expert in making them aware of it. And that's why he comes out. He's focusing on how they're, where they're coming from and what is the perfect solution for them for what they view it, not how he views it. And that's a big difference. Huge. Yeah. Huge. It's yeah. Game yeah you, you changed that little tweak. Again, 
That's going to change your business. Everything is focused on them. Look at the primal, primal needs and motivations. Again, a lot of people are, are, are have these irrationalities. They have these, you know, when you talk about buying triggers and you got to figure out what are those things that are going to make them want to buy. Once you become aware of it, and, and they realize that this is, well, this is the answer to my problem. This is the solution to my needs. Then they're more likely to buy from you. They don't buy, they buy for their reasons, not for yours. And you gotta always remember that. And, and, and if you want proof of this, this is such a small idea, but I want you to think about this. Every single day, over you know, billions of people get up out of their bed and go into the world and function. Like, just think about that concept, right? Like. People actually get up. Like you actually got up and got dressed today. You could be doing anything else you want in life. You actually got up and got dressed. Now you got up and got dressed because you were motivated primarily by something. Mm -hmm. Nobody had to force you to get up and get dressed. Nobody had to force me to, you know, do things. No, I am primarily motivated by that. So entrepreneurship actually starts at the primal motivational level because we look at how humans operate and we say, well, why did this person log into Facebook today? Why did this person watch this video? Why did this person get dressed? Why is this person doing what they're doing? They're not haphazardly just, well, some people are, but most people aren't just haphazardly just moving around. Mm -hmm. They're motivated. And once I got that, I was like, okay, my job, as Joe Vitale says, your job is to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And then again, like I said, if you've done your homework on their perception of what they think that they need, and then you are you become good at packaging up solutions to look identical to the thing, and again, it's 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 um it's going to be irrational. It's going to be like I want to make money online without spending any money, without having to you know being in my pajamas, without having to talk to anybody, and just pushing a button, right? Like it's that irrational like thing that people we know that that's not a reality like you have to do something but if you can show glimpses of that and how you can get to that and how you can work towards achieving a form of that they're like yeah that's what i want they don't even care about what's in it it's the packaging right that's why if you think about uh consumer goods why do they spend so much time on the packaging it's because the packaging sells. The product itself never sells because the, the person can't evaluate the value of the product until they consume the product. So why would you sell products versus packaging? Yeah, now that's a great analogy about the products and the packaging. That That is so golden. And uh, I hope our audience is really, you know, really picking up what you're trying to teach us here. So, I mean, Brand, that's, you know, it's amazing all the stuff you share with us. I really appreciate all that you've, uh, you know, you just share always always give a lot of wisdom a lot of golden nuggets this guy is incredible guys i hope you're getting a lot of value out of this do you have any other last minute uh advice for our audience here you know any kind of inspiration golden nuggets any other kind of you know any kind of good stuff you want to share with them because you know i, I know you you have so much there in your mind you it's you have, you have an incredible amount of advice any last minute things you'd like to share with our audience man i would just say that right now we are living in an unprecedented time in, in the world. We're going through a global shift. We're going through a financial shift. We're going through, we're going through such a big shift. And if you can become aware of what's going on right now and become aware that there's two sides to everything. So if there's somebody struggling, there's somebody wealthy. 
right? If there's somebody in a situation, there's somebody not in a situation, right? And um, one of my sales coaches once told me, and this applies in life too, they're like, yeah, so when a prospect is telling you about their negative situation and, and how this, why they can't do it because of this and that and this and blah, 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 blah. There's two ways to look at it. That can empower them to make the change or that can cripple them to stay where they are. But either way it goes, it's costing them. So my advice in closing to you guys is either way you go right now, there's a cost, right? But becoming aware that we're living in a time where you can really create the life that you've always dreamed of. Like I'm so excited right now because I thought I had reached a level of success, but because of all these things going on, it has opened up new opportunities. It has opened up a way where I can completely restructure my living, restructure everything that I'm doing. And I believe too that we've, you know, and, and this was in the Bible too. I read this a while back, but I believe that we've come to a place in history where the ability to create value in an automated way, like you can create way more value than you can trading time. So meaning that if I'm in a profession that requires me to trade time, I'm, I have a limitation, right? Because mm -hmm. I only have so many hours and I only have so much energy that I can expend in that hourly time. Whereas if I understand this idea of value, I can actually quadruple, I can 100x my value and trade that in for currency um, by thinking different. And so I'm, I'm trying to encourage everybody to start thinking about being more diligent with the mind versus the hands, right? Because if you can understand that mental diligence that's required, then you can set up a system to which nowadays trading value doesn't require effort. Like once you've got the actual thing set up, like it, it could run. And then, and then if somebody doesn't want to exert this type of effort, this type of intellectual effort to set up the system, then you can hire them, put them in a good situation that's comfortable and they can further your freedom and further your, 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 um, your movement because they don't want to take the risk or they don't want to like basically do that. So in closing, what I'm saying is just know that you have options. You're not stuck. The you know what that we're going through right now is not limiting you. It is actually creating shifts and ripple effects throughout this entire economy, throughout this entire world that are happening. And the way that I got a handle on it is I went back and I actually studied the Great Depression. I went, I went back and I researched 19, between 1929 and 1930. I actually went back and I said, okay, what was happening? What were people doing? Because, you know, before it used to be that the most millionaires came in the Great Depression, right? So, so I went back and I was like, what were rich people doing during the Great Depression? What were they focused on? How were they making money? How are they thinking? Again, that's that concept. I go and try to find the history and then I try to become and position myself in ways that um, allow me to take advantage of it. Wow, that's some awesome stuff there. Yeah, be diligent with the mind. Realize there are options that are open all the time. And you just study history. You learn the history of the Great Depression. 
and learn how these guys became millionaires. So in, in no matter what time or period, there's always options open to you. So you just got to be diligent with the mind. I think that's some, you share some incredible stuff with us today. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Brian. I just love listening to you. I just, over the years, I just learned so much here. It's, uh, I just, and I appreciate your coming on today, just sharing all your value and wisdom and these golden nuggets with us. And I know our audience got a lot of value out of it. So it, thank you again for just, you know, being on and just sharing all that with us. Yeah, man. And uh, thank you so much too, Victor, for having me guys. Victor's a really good friend of mine. Uh, man, we've known, how long have we known each other for now? Like five, six years. Yeah, we've known each other for a really long time. Um, we ran around in the same circles. We've studied from the same mentors. We've we've done a lot together. So yeah, I really do consider Victor a friend of mine. Um, and uh, definitely follow anything that he has. He has a really good eye. Like it's kind of hard to explain, but he has a really good perspective, a really good eye. Very intelligent guy. Um, matter of fact, I think I got your book. Uh, where is it at? Somewhere, somewhere over here. Um, but definitely go out and pick up his book. Um, oh, is this it right here? It's an orange book. Yeah, I got a couple orange books here. I actually think it's. Let me see. Oh, actually, hold on. Yep, I got it right here, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely go and get my man's book. Um, Thank you, my friend. Yeah, man, definitely go check this out. I've definitely read it. It's awesome material and um, support him. And yeah. Thank you. And definitely follow Brandon because this guy's got, as you heard today, he's got an incredible amount of wisdom and value to share with, with you. And what is the best way for people to contact you? Should they contact you on Facebook? Should they uh, go to a Facebook group? What is, what, would, what is the best way for people to follow you or contact you? Um, probably on Facebook for right now, I'm making some transitions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess my Facebook, my personal page right now, but pretty soon I'll be off that. And, um, mainly just on YouTube, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. So Facebook and YouTube, just follow him. And, um, and again, thanks so much for being here, Brandon. Always great seeing you. And thanks for sharing all your wisdom with us. Have yourself an amazing day and God bless you, my friend. Likewise, Victor. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.